Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the most inconsistently recorded podcast in the land, but talking about the most reliable league in the country when it comes to drama and high-octane rugby across the UK in Studentville. We're going to talk top of the table, bottom of the table, relegation zone, playoff territory, and everything that goes in between. Catching up on the last fortnight of rugby. Obviously, we didn't record a podcast last week, but we've got two weeks of big action to try and trawl through and give you a little something something for your eardrums because we're not coming down the tube to you this weekend weekend wednesday this wednesday i effed that up on the live stream last week dave i don't know what's gone into me i'm usually one take bernsey but i'm having a bit of a shocker at the moment you've also opened that with ladies and gentlemen as if any women listen to this podcast at all well they should be because we're covering the women's final live at twickenham on yes, the 10th of april so well, oh, the single ladies. <laughs> can, we, can we edit that out? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, okay, well, seen as, you've, um, seen as you've mentioned that 10th of final, a 10th of final, oh my goodness me, we're professionals, mate. Um, shall we start with playoffs? Let's start with playoffs. In fact, should we just start with the top of the league? Because right. it's done and dusted up there, isn't it? Um, we'll start with you. Because you were at the at the key game, the significant, the turning point, the one that put the icing on the extra cake, basically. It's when they smashed Heartbreak Gilman's two I'm, weeks ago. I'm not sure it was a smashing, more of a dismantling. Dismantling, it's very good choice of word. Yeah, smashing makes it sound like it was quick, it was fast, and it was and it was over just like that. It wasn't. It was slow. It was accurate, it was precise, and it achieved exactly what they came there to do. They laid all the ghosts of that nilling they got at home, and mathematically, it's not over, and I couldn't get Keith Fleming to admit it, I couldn't get Scrotes to admit it, I couldn't get Cy Linsel to admit it, but I think that was the moment that Exeter... Uh, that secured the league can i take you to task on one thing have you checked that lad's name because i've looked at how his name is spelled and is it not schroter not uh, scroter i've been so <laughs> <laughs> because if you've asked one of the lads they'd be like you're like oh is it schroter or is it, it sounds like a guy's ball bag uh, <laughs> they're gonna say scroter i got told scroter I've been told Scrota on a number of on a number of occasions. Then again, how many different pronunciations of Sal and Boge have we had over the years? Um, he didn't correct me. Uh, Silencel says Scrotes, Scrota, and he knows he was his captain. You know, Scrotes it is. Then yeah. I tell you one thing that is how you pronounce it is the extra fly half replacement is Harry Basiljet. What a name! That is a great name. That's a cracking name. Perhaps he goes into the best name fifteen. The fantastic name, the fantastically named fifteen, yeah, along with Captain by Jesse Outlaw of Cardiff. Absolutely. <laughs> anyway, what were we talking about? Yeah, Exeter have won the league. They need nine points to make mathematically sure. Hartbury are on forty-eight points with four games to go, so they can get up to sixty-eight with four bonus point wins. Exeter currently on fifty-nine points with three home games to go. If they don't win it, they should all retire. Well. I think that Hartbury, by their admission from when I saw them this week, were rusty against Exeter. I think that they had not benefited from uh, having seven weeks without playing. None of them are featuring in the championship side at the moment, as we saw in that loaded game on Friday <laughs> night on Sky TV where they dispatched Richmond, where Hartbury Bears 
dispatch Richmond. <laughs> oh, Richmond's tears are the sweetest tears. Um, yes. So, um, whereas Exeter have been playing in Southwest Premiership um, since the start of the year, they're on a roll going in and they look absolutely supreme. I haven't watched their game against Loughborough. Uh, I couldn't download the, the video, but 30 whatever 31 points to five is pretty comprehensive yeah by the by the sounds and the looks of the um of the feeds that i was following on social media loughborough by the sounds of things defended incredibly well to keep it under 50 i think they turned hartbury over in a try scoring so hartbury exeter goodness me who are we talking about here uh, they turned exeter over on the try line three or four times which is pretty rare this season because that's where exeter have been at their most lethal but uh, yeah loughborough mounted somewhat of a comeback but it didn't last long couple of late tries to guarantee the bonus point and the green machine rolls forward Rolls forward, but stays in the same location, all home games to finish off the season. And not saying that any team is a soft touch in the league, but the ones that they have coming down to visit them aren't necessarily the most intimidating ones. And some of them have the furthest to travel. For example, Durham at Sandy Park this Wednesday in front of 5,000 people under the lights. Big occasion, Fexter. They've never lost a, uh, a Southwest Derby or a Varsity. Actually, they lost the varsity when I was there, but in Buck Super Rugby years, they haven't lost one, so it's going to be a tall order for Durham. And winning's habitual. They'll feel absolutely bulletproof now, and I think one of the things that the coaches are really good at is keeping their feet on the ground and all of this, but why not just get lost with it? They they could put on another great performance, and I think it's actually quite important to put on a good performance there because they're going to have a great crowd and as a result of that, if that crowd enjoy that, then they'll follow them all the way to Twickenham. You say those three home games they've got coming up, if they finish top of the league, which I'm pretty sure they will, they'll get a home quarterfinal, a home semi-final, should they win that quarterfinal. So it'll be five, well, six home games in a row if you count the one last week. What's that that's just gone past? Are we in Sons of Anarchy? <laughs> Hey, it's all gay here on the on the Wandsworth Bridge Road. Uh, yes, and then and then Twickenham to come on the tenth of April. There's a lot of presumption there from me, and I'm allowed to presume. Well, allow us to pontificate a little further with the playoffs in mind. So we'll say that Exeter are in the box seat to finish league champions, mm -hmm. which means that they would play the eighth place team in the playoffs. Just to clarify to all the listeners, only the top eight teams of Bucks Super Rugby make it through to the playoffs. Previously, it was everyone in Bucks Super plus a few other North A and South A teams thrown in to just get butchered at the hands of the of the hardened Bucks Super teams. But that's no longer the case. There is now a bit of jeopardy in the league, which I think is really good because I don't think that every team in that league should be guaranteed an opportunity to try and get to Twickenham. But it's only the top eight currently sitting in eighth position is Cardiff, the new boys. And what a game they've got on Wednesday. They've got a couple of massive ones coming up. All the chat is that this one on Wednesday is the biggest game in the club's recent history. They've got Nottingham Trent at home. Nottingham Trent not just haven't won since November, haven't really come close to winning since November. They're shipping 40 points a game most weeks at the moment. The, f the live game following that will be Cardiff versus Loughborough, but if they get over the line against Trent, then they are in the box seat. 
Cardiff Loughborough is massive. Huge. In a, in a couple of weeks' time for both of them, for Cardiff's aspirations and also for for Loughborough. I mean, to find Loughborough just uh, just above the relegation zone is unbelievable. Uh, coming to Trent, they played Durham last week and Durham put on a bit of a cricket score against them. It was tight for the first 30 minutes, but really it was all Durham. They had so much of the ball, uncharacteristically for Durham, a lot of tries coming from close quarters, a lot of forward play, though they were pretty devastating on the counter as well. It was a beautiful night up in the northeast. I have watched that game. And Hollow Drift looking like a really nice place to go, which is not the case because I've been there, I've been there a couple of times. But there are a lot of supporters in the stands as well. And there's an element of Durham getting a bit of revenge as well, because that was it was this time last year that their season started to come off a cliff. Nottingham Trent came into the fort and they beat them back to back there, didn't they? Well, it's an interesting result as well because going back to that uh, playoff situation where you said Exeter, they'll uh, if they presuming they win the league, they'll play eighth place. The top four will be guaranteed a home draw in the quarterfinals, and that top four very much up for grabs at the moment. Cardiff Met currently sat there in fourth place on forty-five points. Durham down there in sixth place but only a, well, they 42 points with Northumbria on 43. And then the rampaging leads Beckett with four games to go on 39 points. So it's worth winning those games. It's worth winning those games in style as well. I mean, 48-3 for Durham the week before Trent lost at home to Beckett as well. I think that's the worrying thing. It's always difficult to travel, but when you're shipping 40 points at home, that's when you've really got problems. Yeah, do you take that in isolated context, considering it's against Leeds Beckett, who, what do I report it as? I report it in the paper at the weekend. that In their last five games, they have scored 223 points. <laughs> that is, that's, it's, that's more than they'd scored in the first 10 rounds yeah. of Bucks Super Rugby this season. Yeah, five bonus point wins in a row, scoring over 40 points in each of them. So it's interesting to see where they end up in the mix-up because I'm sh- I'd love to see so last last day of the season, teams trying to weigh up who they're going to get in the knockouts. Now, if you want to win a championship, you just got to beat who's put in front of you. But no one wants to play Leeds Becker. No, and why would you? Why would you? They're in seventh place at the moment. I actually think they'll finish higher than that, but seventh place is good for them because they'll end up playing. Hartbury Bath or Cardiff Met are probably going to finish in second place. All difficult places to go, but if they win that quarterfinal, they get a home semi. And I think one of the reasons why they had such a difficult start to the season is because they had so many away fixtures and they just didn't travel particularly well. Bearing in mind, they were bottom of the league and we were wondering if they were going to be in the relegation scrap. Now we're talking about those possible top four candidates. It was only a matter of time but I, th- it certainly happened faster than I thought it was going to happen. All right, mate, you get all the credit, whatever. Hey, my dark horses are darker than your dark horses. Oh, mate, my dark horses got proper bummed on the Wednesday, didn't they? <laughs> by, by my dark... Oh, exactly. Do you know what? That conjures up a, a few too many uh, Do you know what? That images. looks a bit like your internet history. <laughs> but yes, Beckett 50, Northumbria 17. And after the gritty away victory the previous week for Northumbria... I think they'll be disappointed with that. A bit of a shock one, maybe a wake-up call. They were four on the. They were four games in a row. 
Leeds were four games in a row. Beckett just in the in the sweet spot, aren't they? Yeah. And crumbs of consolation for Northumbria. They got three tries, so no bonus point, no losing bonus point. Bit chastening. They would like to have probably gone down there. Obviously, they lost that really narrow game against them last year in the championship mix-up. But as we said before, they're keen to slide under the radar a little bit, learn from their lessons, not be on this rampaging, destiny-filled run that they were last year and produce the goods when it comes to the playoffs. Because really, for those teams, that's what it's all about now. It's all about the playoffs. It's all about finding their groove, probably trying a few more combinations. But I think the team's going to be nailing down nailing down their team sheets. Yes, Dave? I was just saying, what we do know is that the top seven have guaranteed their playoff spot. They can't be caught by eighth, ninth or tenth. In terms of safety... Cardiff only need two points from their remaining games to guarantee not finishing bottom of the lead. Loughborough only need three points because Trent are down there on 16 points. They can get a maximum of 20 more, provided they get five, uh, sorry, four bonus point victories from their remaining four games, which is slightly unlikely. So Loughborough and Cardiff are almost definitely safe, which really does put the emphasis on that fixture between the two of them um, in the coming weeks. But yeah, it's... Speaking of playoffs, it's all about that jostling for position. Who's going to end up playing who? Who's going to be home? Who's going to be away? And who's going to end up at Twickenham in April? Well, it's very interesting. And you spoke about the top four and them getting home draws. And let's focus on Cardiff Met for a little bit. Okay. They've lost four in a row. They have got Leeds Beckett at home next week. This week, sorry. Then they welcome Hartbury. And then they've got to go up to Durham. Crikey. So you talk about them being in the top four, getting a home home draw in the quarters. I mean, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't fancy that. Just again, we were talking about Leeds Beckett's rise up the table before Christmas. We were talking about Cardiff Mets championship credentials after they beat Cardiff at the Arms Park. Well, such fine margins, isn't it? They lost by one point to Exeter when we recommenced Bucks. And, you, and then they lost a, such an entertaining game on Wednesday. Mm. So much fun. Really enjoyed it. But they lose that one and suddenly they're cascading down the table. And you just think if they'd managed to edge Exeter, I don't think they deserve to beat Exeter in that game, then where would that have, where would that have left them? It's, every win has such major ramifications, every bonus point. And because it's so congested in there, it's... It's doubled. It's a good old six-pointer, week in, week out, as they'd say on Soccer Saturday. Yes, so so I think the objective for them now has got to be to finish in the top half of the table, to get that home draw and use that advantage at King Coyd that they've done so well over the past few seasons. They have been brutalised by injuries. Yeah. So not having Luke Northmore, Jack Arthur, Harry Johnston... Uh, loads of other players, loads of other players who can't spring to mind at the moment. But those are three very influential ones. And I think that while teams are going to be jostling for playoff positions, it is going to be about managing squads. It's going to be about managing injuries and making sure you've got your best team that you can put out when it gets to the playoff time. Because I think that two or three players are more influential 
than being home or away or what or whoever opposition you have. You don't want to you don't want to put in a blistering performance in round 18, 16. 16, how many teams have we got? Nine, 10, yeah, in round 18. <laughs> don't want to put in a blistering performance in round 18, lose a couple of key players. Like I look at Durham's performance this week and Chris Johnston, Pingu, they call yeah. him. He's back in the back row. The star in that back row, though, is Fitz Harding. Oh. Fitz Harding is mustard. Yeah, Re- he is, isn't he? We, we, when did I first spot him? I missed him because he sort of crept in towards the back end of last season and based on two or three performances, ended up in the England students' setup. And then at the start of this year, he had a stormer against Bath, didn't he, when they played at the Rock. And every time I see him, he's brilliant. They, how do you pick a back three for that Durham side? They've got so many good flankers. Well, that's the thing, that he was probably the least celebrated out of their options because they've got Ben Fowles, uh, Josh Basham, in, who's on England 20s duty, and Chris Johnson. And Fitz Harding has been the most impressive performer out of, out of all, all four of those. Not to say that the others haven't impressed. Tumultuous back row options for them. But he's... He's wiry and fast and he's strong and his work rate's massive. Gets the ball in a wide channel. We saw him score that try against Loughborough a few rounds ago. He almost did the same um, against Nottingham Trent on Wednesday. But then when he was greeted with the fullback, he put in an awful, awful chip over the top right into the midst of the fullback. So I hope that he had to see something <laughs> off for that effort. But he's, he's great around the field. I absolutely love watching him play. It's, it's exciting every time he gets the hands on the, on the ball. And they also have welcomed back Paddy McTool. Well, they haven't welcomed him back. He was injured for a long period of time, so he's beginning to come back in. He scored the opening try. He's pulling the strings of that back line, firing them up a little more. These are the key players that I'm talking about who have been missing and you forget about over a few rounds. And then they come back in, they make all the difference. Speaking of influential playmakers, how important is Chamberlain to that Hartbury team? Woo, he is some player. Yeah. But we talk about... like. Everyone raves about his kicking and his control distribution. Mate, the kid takes it flat to the line at pace and threatens that defensive line. He he was really impressive on Wednesday. I think they missed him against Exeter massively, above anyone else. I know Hartbury have got a lot of injuries at the moment. You had Will Crane alongside you in commentary, having part of his leg reattached or something. Yeah, tore, the, tore his hamstring right oh, off the bone. No, not for me. Savage, isn't it? Yeah, really, really bad. Um, it's probably a season ender for him. It I is a season as well. ender, yeah. Disappointing for, for him, particularly as we get to this part of the season. But it's the old um, Anscom v Bigger debate that's rummaging like wildfire through Wales at the moment. They've got two very different tens. One of them, perhaps against slightly weaker opposition, might rip them apart and you score 50 or 60 points, but you bring someone like Chamberlain back in and it's ticking again, and we saw that against Cardiff Met. Sorry, where's this Anscombe bigger debate raging? I haven't heard anything about it. I haven't heard anyone raging about oh it. Oh, my God, you f- South London, you're the worst. What is it, in the dog and fox in Carmarthenshire? Mate, I, so right, a couple of, couple of weeks ago, <laughs> I'm going to edit out that swearing, by the way. A couple of weeks ago, I tweeted about the fact that I don't necessarily rate Gareth Anscombe as a Test Match 10, and Welsh rugby Twitter has got hold of it. And bearing in mind, I don't get a lot of action on Twitter. I'm usually just talking to myself. Don't get a lot of action full stop. <laughs> <laughs> I got over 100 replies 
directly from the valleys telling me that I was a moron. What happens? So you're, Anscombe, you're, the Wel- you're the Welsh Piers Morgan, are you? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Gareth Anscombe has the worst 60 minutes since Colin Stevens. No disrespect, Carl. I know you're a big fan of the podcast. Used to play at 10 for Wales. They drag him off, bring bigger on. Wales beat France. No one cares, mate, other than my Welsh housemate, Scott, who's just walked in through the door. Well, we both believe in democracy, <laughs> and that's two on one, mate. That's 66-33. But anyway, yes, Chamberlain, good 10, Hartbury, won't win the league, will get a home draw, and as always, they're going to be a danger. Speaking of Welsh 10s, so we're obviously very delighted, anyone who listens into the pod, but particularly people who get in touch with us and give us a little bit, oh, yes. little bit of advance. And who was it that got, got a hold of us with regards to my remarks about Cardiff University's style of play as the random play generator? <laughs> it was then- David Lakin, wasn't it? He's the backs coach at Cardiff University. And, you know, they're, they're backs perform fantastically so obviously he's doing uh, he's doing a very good job there and they've grown into this league um first of all it's been great to make friends with some of the Cardiff guys this season and we're, we're delighted that you're doing so well in the league but apparently the random play generator Burnsy we've got it all wrong and it's all part of the bigger picture the greater good I say I say it as a compliment I genuinely yeah. say it as a compliment I love the unpredictability and the the balls and how it consistently comes off. So yeah, it's it's a compliment. Have you have you got the tweet there? The the uh, yeah, private message. It it's it's twenty nineteen though, mate. I always feel as though we've got to explain ourselves. You can't just have an opinion these days. People are just professionally offended. <laughs> anyway, where are we? Yes, blah 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 blah. Yeah, so David Lakin, great pod, lads. Have to say, poor James gets a hard time off you, lads, with his random play generator. He's the biggest analyst we have in terms of finding weaknesses in size defences. Hence, we score from what look like random plays, but the cross fields he pulls out of the back within our own half are all down to the boys and 99% James Davis. Hopefully, get a couple more next week. Keep going, lads. Brilliant broadcasting. Well, I certainly agree with the last bit. I, I agree with the latter. And James, you're going to take that being just called a nose by uh, David Lakin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which you're now, no one wants to be that guy, do they? You want to be the guy who's chopping the quick, the quick pints and yeah. uh, putting on a show on the fun bus. Want to be a renegade? No, it sounds uh, fair criticism and uh, to to clear up, the random play generator is nothing but love for, mm. the, for the Cardiff boys. I love watching that tape every week. I haven't seen the tape of them against Bath yet, but it was a bad day at the office for the Welsh Dragon and Bath back on song. A couple of yellow cards proving quite influential. Cardiff were in the mix. They picked up two yellow cards, I think, within nine minutes of each other. And Bath absolutely ran away with it, scoring tries from all over the place. I think seven or eight in total. Well, speaking of random play generators, Bath are just random score generators these days. I've got no idea which way they're going to go. But I think Cardiff will be disappointed with that based on the fact that they beat Loughborough at home the week before, which put them in outright eighth position, the position they still are in the league now. And they defended, depending on which match report you um, listen to or, or subscribe to, somewhere between a dozen and 40 phases on their own try line to, to win the game against Loughborough the previous week. That's becoming a hallmark of, uh, of Loughborough's season, by the way, having terrible starts 
not particularly good mid patches, then terrible ends. Um, <laughs> but that's another opportunity for them to win on 80 minutes, just like they had against Northumbria uh, the previous week. But yes, yeah, so Cardiff going through all that scrutiny to put themselves in that position. And then, um, what was it, 53 17 against Cardiff, despite the fact we're waxing lyrical, and I know they had their front row problems. That is twice in four matches that they've shipped 50 points. I mean, it, I'm not sure they're going to be that deflated. Okay, they beat Bath at home, they would have gone there with positive expectations, but I don't think you roll up to Bath and you expect, you expect it to win. They would have, you know, backed themselves to win, but losing to Bath is no mean feet and Bath have got a really good side out at the moment they're beginning to find their feet a little bit more they're up to third 15 games played 47 points so they're one behind Hartbury who do have a game in hand so Bath right up there in the mix Cardiff couple of yellows hurt them maybe a bit tired lacking a bit of ring craft around the field and uh, and punished seven tries Hugo Styles, Jack Kenningham Tom Doughty with two oh. Greedy bastard. <laughs> Ethan Hart, Will Partington, Chris Barry. Will Partington kicked nearly every goal, actually. So, a yeah. lot, lot of big players stepping up there. And they seem to be getting some form back as well, because that's back-to-back wins, isn't it? After back-to-back losses, I think it was important for them. And if they can consolidate that third place, then somebody has to visit the STV during the quarterfinal. Who have they got left? They've got Northumbria away this week then Exeter away, and then Loughborough at home. So they'll probably, well, if you spoke to them now, they'd say they can win all three. But realistically, they'll think they can definitely win two of those, which should be enough for second or third place. Just coming back to Exeter, the two, the, their two games, they've got Durham coming on Wednesday, mm-hmm. then they've got Bath next week. Yes. And then they finish against Trent. That sounds about right to me, but due to the uh, wonders of the internet, I can uh, I can tell you right now. They have got Durham at home, Bath at home, Cardiff at home. Okay, so Exeter, they have Durham on Wednesday, Bath next week, and then they end with Cardiff at home. Durham and Bath have both turned Exeter over. So Exeter have lost three games all season. That was the, the Hartbury demolition. And then they lost to Bath at the STV and they lost to Durham up there. So, championship title race still not over. Have those two sides got the better of Exeter before and will they get it again? You know, they, have, they, have they figured them out? And, I'm just throwing it out there. And interestingly, if the league stays as it is, the last league game of the season will be a dress rehearsal for the quarterfinal at the same venue. So, that would leave us to talk about matters of relegation oh there's so much to talk about here right what we do know is the bottom team in the league will play the winner of the playoff you've got some details on the playoff from the lower division so from the lower division it is the north a champions versus the south a champions unless it is a second team that wins the league. Now, in the North Conference, Newcastle have won it. So Newcastle are going through. I think they won it last week. So they've been supreme all season. Very worthy. The winner of South A is the Hartbury second team. Of course it is. 
Second place is Swansea first, and third place is University of South Wales first, who both finished on 48 points. Now, Hartbury seconds hadn't been defeated all season. Swansea managed to beat them last week, and they let fraud University of South Wales, who'd lost to Hartbury seconds, 51-46 or something like that the week before. Anyway, Swansea first go into that playoff. So they'll be playing Newcastle. And previously, it was a two-legged playoff, which is when we saw cricket scores. Yeah. Uh, like Nottingham Trent versus Bristol last year. We had Cardiff against Newcastle. Newcastle, fact. yeah. Um, but this year, it is one game, winner takes all. Home advantage determined by coin toss. And then the winner of that plays the 10th place team in Buck Super Rugby. One game, winner takes all, coin toss. How do you like them apples? I'll tell you another interesting thing as well, because obviously we concentrate on the playoffs in Buck Super Rugby and the final will be at Twickenham, but there are the cup, the plate, the bowl, the vase, the saucer, and all of the and all of the competitions that that go on underneath that. So all of these teams, Hartbury Seconds and Newcastle and Swansea and University of South Wales and all of the teams, other than, of course, Hartbury Seconds, who won't be involved, will be continuing on a playoff journey in another competition. So the team that finishes bottom of Buck Super Rugby, they're not involved in any playoffs. The ninth team and the tenth team aren't in the cup, they aren't in the bowl, they aren't in the plate. So it's likely that they will not have a game for six weeks. The playoff will happen after the season finishes. So whether it's Trent, whether it's Loughborough, whether it's Cardiff, because those are the three teams at the moment that can still mathematically finish bottom of the league, will not have had a game for six weeks by the time they play that million-dollar fixture. That is tough, isn't it? Yeah. That, that becomes a massive factor. Well, we saw with Hartbury getting folded by Exeter, having not played for seven weeks. It's a huge, huge impact. Uh, the one saving grace, I suppose, if it is Cardiff, I don't think it will be Cardiff. They've got the Welsh varsity fixture on the 10th of April. But again, are there ramifications for if Swansea are involved in that other playoff? Um, if it's Loughborough, a few of those lads will be staying fresh with regards to maybe playing some national one. It's looking less and less likely that they'll be um, that they'll be involved in national one next season. Let's just say, uh, and also the Trent boys. I know they're playing. A lot of them are playing at Nottingham as well. But as a team, to go that length of time without a game as a unit is going to have a huge impact. What is the impact as well on a lot of influential players being third years? They got their finals coming up. Mm. They're obviously not going to be involved in playing the year after. I'm not saying that players stop caring about the next generation because that's just not the case in the club at all. But minds have wandered. You've had a real rough season of, you know, currently they're three wins from 14 and those wins came a long, long time ago. They'll be deflated. Finals on the horizon. Newcastle, they've had a great season. They're going to be absolutely buzzing. Well, imagine if they came, brought the noise and, and took Trent out or, or Loughborough, we'll say. Well, this brings me to my next point. Ninth and 10th, as soon as the, the league is decided, ninth and 10th, their season is over. So again, we'll go on the league 
as it is right now. Not, oh, you want another playoff, don't you? Yeah, I do. So say say it stays as it is now. Loughborough finish ninth, Nottingham Trent finish tenth. Their season's over. They don't have a quarterfinal or a semi-final or anything like that to look forward to. They're not in any of the competitions. To add a little bit more jeopardy, why don't ninth play tenth? Not this season, you know, just but Bucks, if you're listening, just trying to sprinkle some some magic. Why don't ninth play tenth? the same week as the quarterfinals happen, and then the loser of that playoff needs to win the game to stay alive in the league. I just think it is, that is unnecessary. That is an absolute shag of a game that Noel wants to play. And but if you don't want to play it, don't finish ninth. How, like, it's, it's just pointless. If you come bottom, then you, do, you play the playoff. Finishing ninth and not having anything else to do, that's, that's enough punishment for you. Not being in the playoffs, not being anything. Mate, 18, 18 tough games in a season is enough. You don't need another random playoff to throw your club's future into jeopardy just to titillate spectators like yourself who just want another bit of jeopardy thrown into the mixer. But you say 18 tough games, blah 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 If you're going to win the competition, you need to win... 21 tough games. Okay, so, that's fine. So and, to you, stay and your in the prize league, is winning the competition. So to stay in the league, why not play one more game? There's no, I, don't, I don't know why you're having this conversation. It's just a pointless game. If you finish bottom, you deserve to go into the relegation playoff. But if you finish... You shouldn't get another last reprieve. But if you finish ninth, then your season ends halfway through March. It's too soon. Well, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That's how the league's structured. It started in September, finishes in March. That's all she wrote. I mean, the, everyone else's season finishes halfway through April. It's exactly the same in the Premiership, but everyone's season finishes in April and then it finishes in May with the finals. So I'd, I would be livid if I was the ninth place team because I'd have had a crap season and then I'd be made to play a team that's worse than me in the table with the potential of maybe slipping up against them and then slipping up again. And you can't have the ninth place team relegated out of the league because an extra game has been put on just to, to please the masses. So you can't have the ninth place team dropping out of the league, but you can have the eighth place team winning the whole competition. You're twisting my words, Dave. Uh, no, no, that's, that's, that's factual. As it stands in the playoffs... Well, they're two different competitions, aren't they? They are two different competitions. And the eighth-place team is weighted against by playing the first-place team away. So there is... But last, last season... There is an equalising element. Last season, Hartbury finished fifth. Yeah. And won the league. So they, ha they had to be Exeter at Sandy Park to get there. Yeah. If you, have to, if you finish eighth and you beat Exeter away and then you beat whoever else comes next in the draw in the semis and then you win at Twickenham then no one can take that cup win away from you that's right. like that's like saying that someone a team outside of the premiership shouldn't be allowed to win the FA Cup the whole purpose of a cup is it's straight knockout it's rolling the dice and you've got to turn up on the day and perform three rounds in a row to lift the silverware oh, I, I, I agree entirely which is why I really love the format of the competition as it is. I also like the more streamlined journey to Twickenham. As you said, it's some brutal results on teams that, that really, I say, I say didn't deserve to 
take a pasting like that. They, it, they, they're separate divisions. They're for not a in the conversation, no, are they? No, they're not in the conversation. But I just think it's weird how the ninth place team. It's just like, oh well, that's the that's the end of the season then, lads. Well, they should have played should have played better, shouldn't they? Yeah. Anyway, Cardiff versus Loughborough. Agree, agree to disagree. No, no, absolutely. But I think it's an interesting conversation. So um, let us know what you think. Twitter, Instagram, slide in our DMs if you've got an opinion on this. And it's been great to hear from everyone who has got an opinion. If you think ninth should play 10th as the, uh, as the sort of relegation, we should have played better this season, then let me know. And also, if you think I'm talking out of my neck, then, uh, then drop me a message as well. Uh, but that leads me nicely and neatly on to April the 10th somebody at the Brains Trust has decided it would be a great idea to have the Bucks final at Twickenham the same day as the Welsh Varsity at the Millennium Stadium. It's not the Principality Stadium, it's the Millennium Stadium. But come on! What an absolute stack. What happens if Cardiff gets to the final at Bucks Super Rugby? (laughs) Where's their priority? Bucks Super Rugby. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah, of course. But what happens to the 10,000 tickets that get sold for the Welsh Varsity and the hiring of the Millennium Stadium? Well, I, I assume Cardiff send the twos and lose it. And bearing in mind, it's not just the rugby match. There's 40-odd different sports and 60-odd different fixtures because they play first and seconds across pretty much every AU club. But that's, that's very silly. Slightly poor planning, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a shame to water down either occasion. So say Cardiff don't make it to the Welsh Varsity, you'd like to think that the 10th of April would be dedicated to the Bucks Super Rugby Final at Twickenham and the Welsh Varsity could be held another day or vice versa. I'm not saying which one to prioritise. Obviously, our focus is on Bucks. So why, why set it on the same day? It seems mad to me. And... They're putting the Welsh Varsity on TV, aren't they? Yeah, it's going to be on S4C, so there'll be Welsh language coverage, which is great. S4C cover quite a lot of grassroots rugby in Wales. They follow the the college league, which is which is great, great to get eyes on games. In fact, um, there was a game going on at the Arms Park before we arrived for that Cardiff University versus uh, versus Cardiff Met game. So that's brilliant, and I'm delighted that it's getting coverage. Um, it was on Free Sports last year and and I went down and it was a great occasion like an amazing occasion terrible game um, as we've alluded to in earlier podcasts but a brilliant occasion and it's so awesome that student rugby players get to be a part of these um, a part of these occasions whether it's the Welsh Varsity or whether it's playing at Sandy Park for, for Exeter and Durham next week or at the Arms Park for Cardiff and Cardiff Met or, or at the Rec or, or any of the things that the institutions are pulling out all the stops to do. I think that's super cool. Well, and because we're going to be tied up with the Bucks final, it also means you won't get to commentate on the mascot race again this year. <laughs> and for those of you on Twitter, it's worth jumping on Bucks's Twitter to see Dave's commentary are from the athletics at the weekend where there were, there were heats for the mascot races. Yeah, heats for the Unbelievably. mascot Unbelievably. <laughs> there were so many mascots willing to race. They did heats in a 400 metre and some rapido times by yeah. the mascots, to be S- fair. Mate, super Herring around the bends. 
But Dave's comms is, is pretty funny. It's been oh, shared quite widely. Mate, my head, my head went. Well, my head went when the mascot's head went. If you ever end up in a mascot and I catch you compromising the integrity of the character, taking the head off the mascot, I will be furious with you. Uh, yeah, one thing to mention on that. One of the, the University of Central Lancashire, you clan, uh, their mascot is just a lad in American football kit. Random. Yeah. Not not like a teddy bear or a skunk or, or anything like that. Just a bloke in his American football kit. And he didn't even win. Didn't have any of them furry feet on. I'd like to see more mascots in Buck Super Rugby. Mm, that's Unfortunately, because we're not doing the game on Wednesday at Sandy Park, we're not going to get the great pleasure of seeing the legend Snappy the Croc <laughs> on our cameras, <laughs> who is Exeter's club mascot who gets wheeled out once a year for the varsity, oh, which is a great, great shame for the viewers. <laughs> He's been in some virtuoso performances in varsities in years gone by. I, I'd like to see more mascots in Bucks. I actually got climbed into on Twitter for mispronouncing one of the mascots' names. So I was saying Damyat the dog. Apparently it's Damyat. How am I supposed to know that? People need to get a life. Yeah, totally, mate. Um, speaking of getting a life, Loughborough have got two mascots. They've got Thor and they've got Bolt. Connect, I see connected, the hammer, lightning. Well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Just means you don't have to get anyone else in so you can have your own mascot race at your own events. Need all the help they can get, don't they, Loughborough? Yeah, exactly. Um, right, this has gone to pretty dry mascot chat. Who have we not spoken about? Right, Durham, Fitzharding, great team, in good nick. Hartbury are currently in second place. The league is gone for them, but they'll want to nail second place on because that'll give them the opportunity to get a couple of home games before Twickenham. Uh, we've spoken about Bath, we've spoken about Cardiff Met, Northumbria need to bounce back, Durham, Leeds Beckett very quickly. What hey, do you we, think? We've, we've, we've done Leeds Beckett. Okay. Um, they're, they're, they're the team that no one wants to play at the moment. Yeah. Cardiff, spoken about them. Um, Loughborough, keep losing games, need to win some. Or they're going to be that ninth place team with their feet up. Or, even worse, unimaginably in that relegation battle. That's seven losses on the bounce for Loughborough. Yeah, and a few, um, a few pretty ugly ones in there too. Uh, but realistically, to guarantee their safety, because what Loughborough have been able to do is pick up losing bonus points. Nottingham Trent need four bonus point wins to be safe in this league. What are the odds of that, Joe? Slim. Yeah. Um, all right, then. Let's have a chat about uh, the games this week. Uh, we've got the two o'clock kickoff, Leeds Beckett versus Cardiff Met. When you're on a losing streak, travelling up to Yorkshire is probably not the ideal destination. Definitely not. Can't, you can't look past Leeds Beckett at the moment. Look at, look at their form. Look at Cardiff Met's form begrudgingly no, not begrudgingly they're, <laughs> they're, I'm, I'm stoked that they're doing so well and I heard from Chester Duff as well and they're uh, they're riding on a high all those boys and thank you yeah thank you to uh, to Chester for some of the the social media help that he's he's helped us with actually this season and some of the score reports guards, yeah Lee Beckett guards has climbed into you on Twitter in the last couple of days as well really? have you not seen no oh he was I think he was trying to 
pay me a compliment, but he's just ended up slagging you off, mate. I'll fill you in later. Sounds about right. Uh, five o'clock kickoff, Llan Rumney, arguably the biggest game in Cardiff University's recent history. Cardiff versus Nottingham Trent. Cardiff win. Cardiff bonus point win. If Cardiff get the bonus point win, then the following week, Loughborough need to beat them and somebody else. Otherwise, Cardiff are in the playoffs in their first season, which would be awesome. Massive. Uh, seven o'clock kickoff. Loughborough versus Hartbury. Well, Hartbury. Hartbury win. Yeah. No doubt about it. Yep. Tell, tell you what, Hartbury are a bit joué in, the, in their own 22, though. <laughs> and uh, I wonder... <laughs> They cut. They got it together a bit more um, later in the second half, but they d- they do take a few risks, and you think that the way that the only chance that Loughborough have to beat them is if Hartbury play in that fashion and create potential opportunities. But yeah, those couple th- of tries that Trent, uh, sorry, um, Cardiff Met got at the beginning of the second half. It's almost like Hartbury forgot. I don't know. Maybe they train on that four G pitch and. It was a bit of muscle memory or something. The Cardiff Cardiff Met tries were awesome, actually. Yeah. Russell Bennett's like fizzed passes across the the front to George Gladding and Chris Lewis were very tasty. Nice, nice little spicy numbers that. And then Eduardo Beloka with the charge down. No blockers for Ben George. Obviously, the one time that he wasn't screaming at his forwards. But anyway, I digress. Yes, heartbreed to beat Loughborough. The late one under the lights. We're not there. We're Exeter versus Durham. It's got to be an Exeter win. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But, Potentially but, but, a really but, good but, game, though. But Durham to give them a real, real push. It's a fast, hard track at Sandy Park. And I think that Durham will come down and play. I think it'll be an excellent game. I think it'll be really, really entertaining. And if it gets fast and loose, then that's going to play into Durham's hands. But I think Exeter have got their heads screwed on and they'll... They want to put a show on for their home fans. You were talking about injuries earlier, and um, I meant to come in, but then we got sidetracked again. The thing that they were most pleased with after that incredible victory at Hartbury was the fact that nobody got injured during that match. Yeah, well, they've rotated their squad a bit more this year than last year, from what I can see from the team sheets. So if they are to pick up any injuries, then I think that they'll have able deputies to step in. Special mention to Richard Capstick, actually, who was on the bench for Exeter Chiefs against Gloucester in the Premiership on Friday night. Go on, Capstick. Chiefs lost. Capstick didn't get on. <laughs> so maybe not the best day for him, but to even be on the bench as, as an 18-year-old oh, incredible. in a Premiership game for the side that's top of the table is special. Well, we've spoken about the... Depth in the back row at Durham, but uh, Exeter aren't doing too badly either. They've got some nice options too. What's our final game? Is that the final game? No. On Friday night, Northumbria versus Bath up at Kingston Park. Oh, that's going to be a fizzer, isn't it? Yeah, big time. Do you remember they played each other towards the start of the season? Real humdinger. Northumbria won, (laughs) I think. (laughs) I think Northumbria Northumbria nicked it. I think you're right as well. Uh, Because then Bath had to go to the Rock and they lost their game against Durham. Yes. So I think Josh Rudling's got a couple of tries, your mate on comms. Mate, that's a real tough game to call. 
real tough. I'm going to go for a high-scoring draw. Oh, mate. You've called a draw up at Kingston Park already earlier in the season. High-scoring draw, Bath okay. versus Northumbria. Um, I'm going to go for a Northumbria win. I tell you what, if Northumbria do get the victory up there, which is going to be difficult, especially now Bath have found a little bit of form, that really makes that, uh, that part of the table interesting, particularly if Cardiff met don't manage to beat Leeds Beckett if Northumbria beat Bath and I know I'm like if, 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 if but if those two results conspire or transpire depends what you're going to say afterwards Dave right if Northumbria beat Bath and if Leeds Beckett beat Cardiff Met Cardiff Met are out of the top five and only two points ahead of Leeds Beckett there you go it's what it's all to play for. It's why you cannot take your eyes off the action. Yes. Uh, although, speaking of eyes off the action, there will be no live game this week, but the live fixtures will be back next week with Loughborough versus Cardiff University. And that'll be you, Dave. It will be me. But Up at uh, Loughborough again. Oh, mate, I'm there tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, by tomorrow, I mean today, because it'll be the day that the podcast comes out. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, spend more time there than in my actual home at the moment. Any other business? Final shout out to Aaron Wainwright, former yes, former archer selected for a starting berth in Wales's victory against Italy in the Six Nations. Mm. That is a real feather in the cap, and all the other past greats going great guns. Seb Negri's putting on a show for Italy. He was he's in that game. There was a good photo on Twitter of him and Ross Moriarty exchanging yeah. jerseys as two as two heartbreak old boys, which is nice to see. Obviously, Sam Skinner's injured at the moment for Scotland, which is a bit of a shame. Uh, Don Brandt playing well for Quinn still. Mate, Quinn's are going great guns. They're third in the table now. So a lot of alumni doing very well. We mentioned Richard Capstick, Josh Hodge for 20s, Nathan Chamberlain for Scotland 20s. So there's boys all over the place doing good work. How long till we get a BSR England player? That's the question. I want a BSR line, mate. Oh, place your bets now. Um, Should we leave it there, mate? I think let's call it a day there. Yeah, let's try and be a bit more regular as well because we've uh, we've missed a couple. What I will say is um, I'm moving house and Joe Burns is an international star of uh, of the showbiz lifestyle and as much as we try and do this you know they don't always let me into southwest london so we do our best and uh, hopefully you appreciate it but until next week the buck stops here